Bruce McCalligan sitting in for Noreen Mia this Tuesday afternoon on the One Two Three Show, and I'm joined, hopefully, on the line. Adam, can you hear me? I can. Oh, Hi, Chris. fantastic! Hi, um, we're um, we're going to be chatting to um, Adam Broomfield. Thank you very much for joining us today. You were a real life school principal, but do they call them that anymore? You're you're a head of head of school at IMS Stanley. That's it. Yes, that's right. Do you say school principals anymore, or is it is it not? Uh, Sometimes. Mr. Adam is fine. So, um, yeah, it depends whether you're in trouble or not. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for joining us on the program today. Um, How's how's life been as a teacher and a principal over the last couple of months in a a handful of words? Uh, Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Um, Yeah, quite quite demanding um, on everybody, I think. But um, just nobody could have anticipated this or, or planned for this. So it's, it's been extraordinary. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the whole world is in awe at the moment of our teachers because I don't think anyone ever realised, well, I mean, lots of people realised, obviously, but the extent of, of what it takes to teach children and how important it is and what a huge part of our daily life schools are and um, I've seen so many things about people saying when we get out of this which I hope we all get out of this the teachers should be paid millions of dollars which I would support I think <laughs> nurses and teachers should be paid millions of dollars um, it's have you felt um, have you felt a, a greater appreciation for your profession or has it been a really um, you know have you had any other kind of thoughts about you could have never seen anything like this coming no I, I mean I've always um I've always had a huge appreciation, of course, for the profession you know that I belong to. But I think what I've grown to appreciate is is how important the human connection is for for learning. Um, it you know anyone can learn, but how do you facilitate learning, and how do you enable learning, and how do you inspire learning? And I think that that takes the human connection, which is really hard to do in this in this situation. Gosh, absolutely, um, and so. I really want to talk a little bit more about about teaching as a profession because I think it's one of those things that, I don't know, I think it's cool. I have teacher friends. I've always thought teaching is cool, but I don't know if it's had a little bit of a PR problem in the last couple of years, you know, that people becoming teachers anymore. I hear from a lot of friends who are teachers, there's a bit of a shortage of people going into learning teaching and things. And I'd really love to hear a little bit more about how did you get into teaching? Because you don't, you don't just start as a as a head of a school, as a school principal, do you? So how did, how did you start your your teaching career? So ironically enough, I was all set to go into the army. I, I, I was in my final year of school and um, I had decided that I wanted to be a, an officer in, in, in the Australian military and I, I was all set to go down that pathway and then suddenly they discovered that I was colourblind and, and I wasn't allowed to. So um, I, had a frantic, I had a frantic few months of trying to work out what I wanted to do, and um, I, I I didn't have a very good schooling. I, I was a bit of a naughty boy, and I was <laughs> got into got into quite a few things I shouldn't have got into. But I I just thought back to the teachers that helped me through that, and there was a key two or three people in my life that did that. And I think everybody could do that. I think if anyone thinks back to their schooling, they can they can name a handful of people who who they remember and they're usually really really effective teachers 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's um it's amazing even um I went to school here in Hong Kong and even now when I see my old teachers from, you know, 25 years ago, I get the giggles and I get a bit of a sense of being in the presence of someone quite special and sacred, which is a weird thing to say, <laughs> but it is. It's it's a really impactful thing having that relationship with a teacher. Um and I think you've just hit on something I really wanted to talk about a little bit more, which is do you think you have to love school to be a teacher that you have to love your school to be a teacher. I I don't think you have to love school. I di- I didn't particularly like school, um, but I I do think you have to. It's a it's a cliche to say love children, but I think all the great teachers that I've known or that I've been privileged to work with, or or all the really great teachers that I've got on my team now, they still have something inside them that. Is, is they're still childlike. Mm. They still have this childlike love of of learning, and I think as long as that still burns, then you you've, you're going to have a really effective teacher. Yeah, that's a brilliant way of looking at it. And you you yourself have taught kids of all ages, right? I think I read on your bio somewhere it was like from five years old to eighteen years old, which is a huge a huge age group. Um, yeah, you know yeah. what? What have you? What have you? What do you think is true for all children when it comes from learning? Like, what's? Oh, well, no, I'd actually love to know. What was your favourite age group out of all of those? I, I think my favourite age group is the age group that I started off in, which is around upper upper primary or upper elementary. So, sort of your child who's just bordering on about to enter into adolescence, so twelve years old, eleven years old. I think that that's my favourite age group. Is there a particular um, there is, reason? Well, I, I think they, I, I think you can, they're the most adult-like without yet still coming into um, the challenges of adolescence. Oh, sure. And huge <laughs> development that, you know, goes on at that age. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but wonderful. But, but, but it's, it's, it's always, it's the relationship um, and I would I would far rather employ a teacher or work with a teacher who builds great relationships with children than a teacher who is so so focused on just their academic area or just their just their subject knowledge that they that they specialize in. Yeah. So to a degree you have to be you have to be quite good with people right to be a teacher do you say you have to be reasonably well no i think there's some teachers which no the worst teachers the ones you imagine you think about how cruel they've been or something like that in all these horrible (laughs) stories and autobiographies of famous people but do you think it makes you it's a big success thing if you like other people if you're a teacher um i think you have to like seeing people become their best because that's the ultimate reward awesome yeah um yeah you know that that's that's what that's what drives us. That's what is the ultimate goal: is to see a young person become everything they can be. Yeah. And you, in your own career, you've taught children with well, I guess this is the the, the way they categorise it: severe behavioural and emotional difficulties. And you know what was what was that like? And how did you get into that area of teaching? Because that sounds like um, I can see that as being is that something people are drawn to, or do they kind of fall into? teaching this this vulnerable group so well i i got into i first left uni and went into teaching about 20 years ago uh, and in in those days young teachers went straight from uni and they usually got 
in those days. It makes me sound ancient, but in, it, you're not that old. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you usually get your first teaching job in in challenging areas or um, or high disadvantage areas where there's high teacher turnover. So often a new young teacher will come out of university and will will get their first job in in a, one of these schools. And in in Australia, in Victoria, where I was, um, where I first went into teaching, they had the even better idea of taking all the children who were expelled from school or all the children who were having a lot of trouble at school and putting them in one classroom together. Um, and, and the school that I was at had one of these had one of these units, they called them. They called them SAC units, social adjustment centres. And um and and um I, I worked for four years in this in, in this environment with children anywhere from five years old to twelve years old who they were really disengaged from school. They were disconnected from from each other and they were disconnected from the education system. And so I, I guess that's what made even more important this idea of building the relationship. But it, it also, I think, really highlighted to me what, what engaging education is. And if you can have student-centred, um, inquiry-based, education where children can drive their learning themselves um, that that will engage children back with the learning process yeah. that sounds amazing and so I mean that's <laughs> oh, no it, it does it sounds like um, I mean that's that's a situation that most people would try to be actively avoiding and you know what I mean it sounds like one of those things but like you said that's just it's not just about the incredible benefit to those individuals that you worked with it's to yourself in your profession it's a real thrown in the deep end but like you said really getting to the heart of what it's all about right and what teaching and learning is all about um in your time which again i'm not trying to make you sound old adam you're not an old guy Um, but in your time in the time that you've been an educator and a teacher over the last 20 years have you have you seen that approach change much like what is it that's you know have people i mean there's a lot of I know you yourself do some stuff around um, adolescent mental health as well, um, and people are now thinking about, um, in terms of education, it's a lot more holistic and we're looking at a whole person and our emotional intelligence and our emotional education as well. But is, has there been any other kind of innovations, that's a terrible word, but um, changes in, in the way that the learning landscape has changed since you started out? Yeah, I, I, think, there, I think there has. Um, I, I think that learning is no longer seen as linear, uh, getting from A to point B, and certain countries' education curriculums are, are probably more skewed towards that type of approach where we, we take children at A and we take them to B and, and, and children will progress along this, this linear type of scale. Um, I think one of the huge things that drew me to international teaching is that international teaching has... Um, almost had a license to be a little bit more innovative and hasn't had to be connected to either a British curriculum or an American curriculum or an Australian curriculum. And so you do have this opportunity for schools to, um, you know, to run a Montessori approach to, to learning or to run the IB approach. And, you know, these are definitely not, they're not linear approaches to learning. They, they are student-centred um, and so children can learn to learn um, and it's, it's not so much about getting getting a child from A to B with a certain amount of knowledge that they have to gain it's more about how you develop them 
like you said before, emotionally or how you develop them so that they know how to learn. Um, so EQ, for example, you know, um, I think that's sort of the biggest difference I've seen. And, and some countries, you know, some countries have adapted more along those lines than others, but, but some countries have, have very much stayed with a, a linear um, topic-based sort of approach to education. Um, I definitely, I, yeah, I can, I can absolutely see what you mean, and it is interesting to see that there's, um, there's, the, I think we have a better understanding now that there are different ways of learning, and that everyone has a different, like everyone will learn differently, and it does mm -hmm. seem very outdated now when we think about, um, you know, our parents or our grandparents sitting in little rows having to rote learn things seems like we all kind of feel that it's intuitively quite an outdated idea now um, and like you said it's it's more about those relationships so I mean technology and the use of technology I think this is quite a buzz that people have in for all professions and I know that it's been amazing seeing how many teachers have had to become pretty incredible digi whizzes right over the last couple of months to to kind of accommodate that online platform but how where do you see that balance because i remember when you know we didn't have laptops at our own laptops at school and stuff like that and where do you think there is a balance of using technology for learning and the stuff that like you said those relationships that you can't you can't fudge that they need to be present with somebody else to build that engagement. Do you think there's a balance between the two? D definitely. Um, we can't escape technology. Um, but the, the, the question I always ask myself is, has the technology enhanced learning or enabled the teacher to do something or add something to the learning experience that, that they couldn't have done without the technology beforehand? Right. Um, and it, you know, that's always the key, the key question. Um, you're not you're not just substituting handwriting for typing into a word document. If if you're doing an enhancement that you previously couldn't have done before, then 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 that is is what technology contributes to education. That's awesome. And so, what what's something you're really looking forward to going back to? Which I hope we do. I hope that I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I hope this <laughs> this pandemic doesn't. I hope there is an after the pandemic, as we all do, and I hope students are back in schools again and teachers are back doing what they love, which is being with their students. I really hope this comes back. Um, but what is something that your, you and your and your and your fellow, your peers, your colleagues, your teachers are all really looking forward to? Not like aside from like summer holidays. <laughs> what's what's the next thing that you're all really looking forward to returning to? Well, we're just looking forward to seeing the children. I mean, you don't go into teaching um, wanting to teach remotely or wanting to teach, you know, online. You go into teaching because you you have that love of, of, of a community, and we don't have our community around us. They're, they're all they're all, we can access them online, but um, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing the children back and. And, and having everything that goes along with that, you know, having the children um, achieve and having the children be happy, but also having the children be upset about things and want to discuss things or having mm. the children... Um, the, 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 the children miss their teachers. And you see this on... You know, we have Google Hangouts and we have Zoom Meets and the children will get to the end of it and often they'll say, can you just stay online, miss, please? <laughs> just stay online. You know, Aww. there is this craving for... For the connection yeah. yeah 
Oh, I think that's an amazing thing. And I think I've been really heartened to see that the world has has renewed their appreciation for what is definitely an essential service and an incredibly pivotable, pivotal part of our wider society and our wider community, our relationship with our teachers. And what would you say for people who might be interested in teaching or people who might not have considered a career in teaching? Because as a public service announcement, I would like people to become teachers. I am not a teacher, <laughs> and, but I, I would like people to want to become teachers. Do you have any words of encouragement or inspiration for a new generation uh go and spend go and spend time in schools yeah because you'll you'll quickly find out whether you whether you enjoy it or not yeah so if you can do some work experience or if you can um go and volunteer or maybe even if you can get involved with a local club a local sports club or a local um a local charity there's lots of different organizations that are in the business of of, of coaching and working with young people. So go and go and do that first and find out if you enjoy it. Fantastic. Um, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And I hope that we've inspired a couple, a couple, a handful of people to, um, to pursue teaching careers and to think about it a bit differently. Um, I know that I'm very, very grateful to the teachers I've had in my life, as I'm sure you are with those you've had. Um, so I think this has been a wonderful, um, with all the terrible stuff going on, it has been really wonderful for us to, to see that people are valuing it the way they always should have been. And we will get back to normal. We will. We will. We will, we, we will get back to normal. I am crossing <laughs> fingers and toes and eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks, Bruce. That was Adam Broomfield. He's the head of head of school at IMS in Stanley. And we were chatting about his life as a teacher. This is Welshly 